it's hard sometimes to be patient. I hear your voice crying out in the morning hours and late at night. I make note of each request. But remember that I am not constrained by your time schedules or limited to your solutions. But be assured of this, I will deliver in my time and my way. So learn to wait in anticipation. And when you wonder whether I will take care of you, think of this. Since I sacrificed my own son for your salvation, will I not also, along with him, graciously give you all things? You can count on it. You see, there is no other God beside me who acts on behalf of those who wait for me, not one. For I am a father who longs to be gracious to you. I freely show you my compassion. I am a good God, a God of justice, and I will bless you when you confidently wait for me. So be still and know that I am God. Be still before me and wait patiently for me to act. Wait for me and put your hope in my word. Well, good morning, my beautiful family. Wonderful to see you all. I'm so glad you're here at GT today. And I came with a message to encourage you this morning. Are you ready to be encouraged today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I titled my message this morning. It's a setup. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, it's a setup. It's a, and, and look, none of us, none of us like being set up right, but I'm here to tell you, it's okay to be set up by God. Because when you're being set up by God, it's just so that he can release his miraculous power in your life. Tell that neighbor again, it's a setup. And so this morning, family, you know, we all want to experience God's miraculous power. We all want miracles in our lives, but none of us ever want to go through the hard times that require a miracle. Can I get an amen? We it's like, give your heart to Jesus, and then suddenly everything in your life will go perfectly, right? No more heartache, no more sorrow, no more disappointment. Just accept Jesus as your Savior, and magically, everything works out great, and everybody goes, mm-mm. That's not how it is, right? We still live on this earth. We still have situations and circumstances that test and try our faith. And am I alone here? Do you guys, don't you hate tests and trials, right? I mean, it's like tests and trials and temptations. None of it. It's like, sign me up for that. Ooh, I like problems. I like tests and trials. None of us want that. But I want you to hear your pastor this morning. If God always acted or reacted in the way that we expect him to, then he never has the opportunity to surpass our expectations. Amen? And so we are so thankful. We need to be so thankful that we are not God, that God knows exactly what he's doing. And so this morning, family, I want you to wrap your brain around, for the context of this message, I want you to hear me this morning on this. God is unpredictable, but God is good. God is unpredictable, but God 
is patient and kind. We wish there was this formula. We wish there was this formula that if I do this and do that, then God automatically has to do this. I wish, okay, so just pray this or just do that, and then automatically God is obligated to always do what I want him to do if I just follow this formula. I'm here to tell you the truth this morning, my family. God is unpredictable, but God He doesn't always answer prayers when we think he should or the way that we think he should. And I don't know, for some of you, that might even be a challenge to hear. God is unpredictable. But it shouldn't challenge you at all if you read the Bible. The truth is this. Yes, he's unpredictable. But he's always working things out. For your good. God is unpredictable. You, don't, you, you, you can't just pinpoint, all right, this is how he's going to do it. This is how he's going But you can trust with your whole heart that he's with you. And he may not come through when you want. And it may not work out the way that you saw it happening in your mind. But God's dreams and God's plan for us are always better than anything we could ever put together ourselves. God is unpredictable. But God is good. So I've got two compelling stories this morning, family, from the Bible. These aren't things that I've made up, although I could pull several examples from my own life where it's like, God, I thought you were going to do this. God, I prayed and I fasted, God, and this is what I want you to do, wanted you to do. But he did something else, and I'm here to testify God's ways are better than my ways. So I've got two stories from the Word of God. And the first story is about what we see. And the second story is about what we hear. And this first story is very familiar to, 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 to most of us. But if it's the first time you've heard it, we, 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 we look in the Bible and we get to learn a lot from the children of Israel, the nation of Israel. And I always say this, family, whenever you have the opportunity to learn from someone else's mistakes, take it. And so we get to read the Bible of what the children of Israel did, their triumphs and their defeats, their good decisions and their terrible decisions, their times of obedience and their times of rebellion. And so this is during the time when they were in captivity in Egypt. And God said to this stuttering, awkward guy, I want you to go to Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, and I want you to tell him, let my people go. The man's name was Moses, and God spoke to him clearly, and Moses tried to make every excuse he probably could. God, you need to use this. God, you don't want to use me. I, I'm so unqualified, God. Haven't we, have you ever done that in your life? God, no, you want to use her. You want to use him. 
And God's like, you're the one I want. I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him, let my people go. But God had hardened Pharaoh's heart. And so every time Moses went, let my people go, Pharaoh was like, talk to the hand, because I'm, I'm, I'm not letting my slaves go. I'm not getting, no nope, time. And so what happened is God started unleashing all of these plagues on Egypt, one more worse than the other. Finally, my beautiful family, Moses kept going, let my people go, uh-uh, let my people go, nope, let my people go, yeah, whatever, whatever. Finally, the final plague, because Pharaoh's heart was so hardened, the final plague was the absolute worst, the death of all the firstborn. Finally, after that, after that plague, Pharaoh's like, fine, go. Get out of here. Just go. And God's like, Moses, I want you to get them, and I want you to haul it out of there. Get, get everybody together, and I mean get out of Dodge. Get out of Egypt. And so I can imagine in my mind, you guys, this whole generation of Israelites booking it. I mean getting out of there because God told them to go. And so God made a way. God told him to go. God set this whole thing up for them to be able to be free. And so they're on their way. And as they headed out, Pharaoh changed his mind. He's like, there, no. I want the entire army to go after them. And I want every single one of them killed. Spare none of them. So the children of Israel are just, they're on their way to freedom, just having a good old time, and then they start hearing that familiar sound. The army, the chariots, the horses, chasing them down. And so they're doing what God told them to do. So God, you made the way, you, you opened the door, you, you, you got us out of there. Wait a minute, I thought if I always did what God told me to do, that everything would always work out great. There would be no more challenges, there'd be no more tests. I, we're all just trying to follow God the best way that we can. What's happening here? And so they're given a choice. Stop and be killed. My sword and spear, the army, or walk out into the Red Sea and drown yourself. Those aren't two good options. They're two bad options. But God told us to go. What's happening here? God, you made this. You made the way for us. Why? So God spoke to Moses. And God is speaking to us this morning, my beautiful family. This battle, this battle that looks so confusing and so dark and so hopeless and so, God's like, I'm going to do this. And I want you to hear the Lord saying that to you this morning. Whatever it is that you're in, God is saying to you this morning, it's going to be me that does it. I'm the one that delivers. I'm the one that's faithful. And whatever you're going through this morning, God is going to work it out for your good. Amen. 
God spoke to Moses. He said, I want you to march right up to the Red Sea and I want you to stretch out your hand and in your scripture there, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. Would you shout dry ground? Not soppy, muddy, you know, stinky old fish flopping around in the way, just gross and disgusting. Dry ground. The waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and went in after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And in the morning watch... The Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavy. We all focus on the Red Sea parting, but there were miracles along the way to the grand miracle. God clogged the wheels of the chariots so that they drove heavy. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning had appeared. When the morning had appeared, because you all know weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. Not one. God told them to go. And it's important that you look at this and that you don't miss this, my beautiful family. From all accounts, it looks like God set them up. God, we were in Egypt. We were there. We were in slavery. They were killing us and beating us. and It was terrible. But you made a way for us to go. And from all accounts, if you just look at it with your natural eyes, it looks like God's like, okay, go ahead and go. Now the army's coming. And so it looks like with their natural eyes, we're still going to die here. But do you see it now, family, that it was all a setup. It was all God causing and orchestrating and working things so that he could release his miraculous power in their lives. And so I came to tell you this this morning, family. I've got some absolutely exciting news for you, number one. What might look like a trap is really your triumph. Can I get an amen, family? It might look like things are going from bad to worse. It might look like that marriage is holding on by the thinnest thread ever. It might look like that cancer is ravaging your body. 
It might look like the more you pray for your kids, the, the, the worse it seems like the situation gets. I, sh- I showed up this morning, family, with a burning in my spirit this morning to let you know that I don't care how dark the night looks. I don't care how overwhelmed the situation might be. God is a way maker, and God is in the business of doing miracles in your life. Now is not the time for you to give up, family. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. Seems like a trap. And God told me to stay. And I thought, since God told me to stay and I obeyed him, then everything was going to be great. Or God told me to go. And I didn't know what was in front of me. And I was afraid to take that first step. I'm here to tell you this morning. That God is true to his word. And what he said to you in your darkest time is the thing that you must hold on to. In those darkest hours, you must hold on to the truth of his word that God is working. He's unpredictable, but God is good, and he's for you, not against you. God is working. He's unpredictable, but he's good. And I want you just to buy the spirit of the Lord this morning. I want you to begin with eyes of faith. To see your circumstance differently. I'm not asking you to look at it with your natural eyes. Because you might look at it with your natural eyes and say, nothing's changed. It's been five years. It's been ten years. It's been six months. Nothing's changed. Or, oh yeah, something's changed. It's gotten worse. What I'm telling you this morning is no matter how dark the night, just hold on. Hold on comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Hold on. Hold on. No matter what you see, no matter what you see, God is working. Now the second story, family, is one that we can all relate to. Do you remember when you were raising kids or maybe keeping your grandkids for the weekend or something like that, and one of them got sick? I, don't you just hate that? I remember, like, and I still feel this way, you guys. I would be sick for months than have my kid be sick for one day. Because especially when they're little, don't you, you just, it just breaks their heart, it breaks your heart. They're, they're so adorable, and they don't know why their nose is all stuffy, and they don't know why they're, you, you know, it just breaks your heart. And so this is a story we can all relate to. A ruler of the synagogue named Jairus had a daughter who got sick, and we're not told exactly what her illness was. But you need to keep in mind in remembering context that back in the Bible times, it's not like today where, Gail, you pop a couple Tylenol for a fever, right? You know what I mean? It's not like today if your back hurts, you, you take some Excedrin, you know, and you're, you're all good. Or you go to the doctor or a chiropractor and they fix you right up. Back then, 
A simple infection, you get a little cut, and a simple infection, infection can turn septic in your body and kill you. Just the simple things. Millions of people died from just the most simple things we take for granted today. And so we're not told exactly what Jairus' daughter was sick from. But he heard about the miracle worker. He heard that there was this man that has been doing some miraculous things. And how many of you know when your baby's sick and you don't have access to doctors and medicine and you hear about a miracle worker, what do you do? You take off running, right? You start heading to where your miracle is waiting. And so we got to Jesus. And I can imagine what I would be like. And imagine what you would be like. Jesus, you, you, you got to come, Jesus. If you'll just come with me. I, I don't even really know a, a ton about you, but I've heard some amazing things that you've done. My daughter, it's my baby. Like, would you come with me, Jesus? If you'll just come with me to my house, I, I believe you can make her better. So come on, come with me, Jesus. And Jesus, because he's so cool, he's so amazing, of course he agrees to go. And as they're on their way, there's all these people surrounding him. And guess what? They all need miracles too. And so Jesus starts healing him. And this woman reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and she's healed. And all this stuff's going on. I can imagine Jairus. I can imagine Juanita, how I would be. Get away from Jesus. <laughs> my baby's sick. And so I can imagine in my mind, I'd be like, Jesus, can you just Wave your hand and heal everybody at once. Get this crowd away. My baby's sick. Just do a mass healing, Jesus. But Jesus got distracted by healing people. And so they were making their way, but there were people, other people that had other needs. And so I can imagine Jairus just like, come on, Jesus. We got to go. We got to go, Jesus. Come on, we got to go. We got to go, Jesus. Leave him alone. <laughs> we got to go, my daughter, my daughter. And then the news that none of us wants, family. Jump into your notes there. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, your daughter, she's already dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? She's already dead. It's too late. Let that dream go. It's dead. It's done. So just... Just move on. It, it's, it's, it's already done. It's, you know, there's, it, would, it would be foolish of you to continue to pray for that. It's, it's dead. It's done. It would be foolish of you. Just, you know what? The healthy, emotional thing, that, for your emotions, the healthy thing for you to do would be just, just to move on. Just, just to let it go. How many times have we gotten to that place in our lives, family? Well, we don't see any hope. None. It's like it's, it's done. It's important who you listen to. It's important. The servant's like, hey, leave Jesus alone now. There's people here that are alive and that need just Just leave him alone. But overhearing what they said, Jesus spoke. And he said, listen, just pretend like you didn't even hear that, okay? Just, we're going to keep moving towards your house. I want you to just act like you never heard what was just said. Don't be afraid. Don't fear, Jairus. 
said, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Because family, there are times when you're believing for something or you're believing for someone. There are times in our life when you're standing in faith, believing God to do a miracle in your life. It's those times that you need to be willing to step back and step away, put some distance between anyone who might be speaking doubt or fear in your life. You know, I'm really believing for this. Well, well, but it looks bad. That's when you need to put some distance between you and those people. How many of you know when you're really going through something, you don't need some negative Nellies standing around you telling you, oh, well, I'm just a realist. I'm just trying to keep it real. At that point, you want to gather all the people around you of faith that will only speak the word of God over your life, that won't be moved by their circumstances or what they see, but will stand in faith with you and say, God can do anything. Amen, family. You don't want some negative Nellies around saying, well, maybe it's time for you to just move on, sissy. Maybe, br- br- brother, brother, just, just tr- you know, move for." Jesus said, None, I, I, all of you, I want you to just stay here. You don't get to walk this walk to this miracle because of your doubt. You don't get to walk to this miracle because you don't believe. There's times, family, where you need to do that. Just step away and keep standing and believing for what God told you you could have. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus saw a commotion. People weeping and wailing loudly. And this is so funny to me. And when Jesus entered them, he's like, what's all the fuss? (laughs) What's going on? What's happening? Why, Why are you making such a commotion and weeping? You guys, you guys, you Guys, the little girl, she, she's just asleep. Why, why are you freaking out? She's, she's just asleep. She's not dead. And their response, they laughed at him. Here comes the miracle worker. Here comes the one that can transform your life right now. They can change the situation. They can speak life in something that is dead. Here comes the miracle worker. And what did they do, you guys? This dude's crazy. That's Joseph's boy. He's nuts. They laughed at him. She's she's already dead. I mean, like, what are you doing? Maybe we don't laugh. But Keith, I know there's been times in my life where it's been so dark and so heavy, and people have tried to speak encouragement and speak the word over my life. Has there ever been times where you don't want to hear that in that moment? Am, am I the only one? Where it, like, in that moment, it's like, you know what? I, no, but God's got to play. I don't want to hear that right now. You can distance yourself from the negative Nellies. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's times when you need to keep your own mouth shut when you don't need to listen to you. 
Because we may not laugh, but it's like, well, but no, it's, it's too, you don't know how bad it is. It's too far. There's times when we need to say, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, and start speaking the word of God. Because faith, we don't go by what we see. We don't go by what we see. They just laughed at him. So Jesus is like, I want you all out. All of you, get out. You don't get to experience this miracle. Get out. And he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went to where the child was. And Jesus, not even breaking a sweat, Todd. No, just... He's so cool, you guys. He's just so cool. Walked over to the little girl. I can just see Jesus with his swag on. You know what I mean? Just walking over to that bed and being like, there's my baby. Look at my baby. Isn't she beautiful laying there asleep? Look at her, how precious she is sleeping. Jesus took her by the hand and he said, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately, would you all shout immediately? Immediately. That's what we want, right? (laughs) And immediately, the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know about this. Try to keep that silent, okay? No one should know. Good luck with that, Jesus. And told them, Give her something to eat. She was asleep. She was taking a nap. She's probably hungry by now. Give her something to eat. Family, we're too quick to pronounce things dead. We're too quick. That's it. I've done all I can do. I've done all, I've taken all I can take. I want you to know some absolutely spectacular news this morning. That even those things that you washed your hands of and said, well, I might as well use my faith for something else. But God didn't tell you that. It was fear and it was doubt. Even those things that you were ready to walk away and just say, you know, my son, I just, I I write him off. He's just always causing trouble. You know, my daughter, she's always causing drama and this. You know what? That forgiveness that maybe I need to forgive my dad or forgive my mom or that coworker. You know, those things that I've been praying about and believing God for this sickness in my body, relationships, all those things that I've been looking for a financial breakthrough in, you know, what maybe it's just time for me to choose alternate means maybe plan b is good enough i'm here to tell you this morning family that that is a lie from the pit of hell and the most exciting news that i could share with you this morning is point number two whatever your situation is my family jesus has the final word over our lives can i get an amen Jesus has the final word. But you don't understand what the doctor said. Jesus has the final word. Amen. You don't understand how broken it is. Jesus has the final word. And how many of you know he makes all things new? Glory to God. He does. And so now is not the time for you to give up. Yeah, but 
Pastor Matt, they said they're pretty sure it's moved to the lymph nodes. Jesus has the final word. Pastor Matt, they're, they're about to kick her out of school. They're about to... I keep praying and I keep believing and I keep standing in faith. And it, it seems like it's going from bad to... It might seem like a trap, but it's going to lead to your triumph. And so Jesus has the final word. He has the final word over every single area of your life. And hear me this morning. It's important that you, that you grab onto this. Because God is in the midst of doing something in that situation. And I want to make sure that as he's doing it, you're found praying, not laughing. Not... <laughs> Yeah, good luck with this one, God. I want to make sure that you're found praying, that you're found standing in faith, believing, that it's not one of those situations that I'll believe it when I see it, but we're going to be crazy enough to believe it and even when we don't see it. Amen, family? And so the Word of God says that you're healed. That's what the Word of God says. And I'm not backing down until I see you completely restored in Jesus' name not giving up. I believe the word of God. And I believe that God is unpredictable, but God is good. And so for that one that's watching right now, that one that is watching right now, and you've heard this whole message, you're like, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. No one's story is as bad as mine. Saying to the man or the woman that's watching right now, and you're like, that might apply to, to the do-gooders. You know, the ones who, who maybe made a little mistake here or a little mistake there, but you don't know what I've done. And what I would say to you is, I don't have to know. I don't have to know your failures. I don't have to know your regrets because I know the one who can take the most broken situation. I know the one who specializes in giving beauty for ashes. And so that's what I speak over your life. That thing that seems so hopeless, that thing that you, you're ready to walk away from and say, it's dead, it's done. It shall live in the name of Jesus. He has the final word. And you know, anytime someone's able to predict their own death and resurrection, we should probably listen to him. And so he specializes in making all things new. All things new. Jesus has the final word. Jesus has the final word. Would you bow your head, my beautiful family, and close your eyes? I speak yet again to depression this morning. You have no right. You have no place 
And so I thank you, God, for replacing depression with joy. True joy. thank you, God, that right now, that precious Christian couple that have been praying to get pregnant, praying to have a child, I pray right now, by your wisdom, God, by your authority, by your will, by your grace, I pray that you would bless them with a child, Jesus. I just really feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, take a pregnancy test. Take a pregnancy test. Like God's going to bless you with a child. Don't give up. Don't give up. Thank you, Jesus. God, we trust you more than anything or anyone else. And I take authority now over every kind of cancer in the name of Jesus. How dare you attack the body of a believer. We curse you now in Jesus' name. Cancer and every effect of that cancer, I, we just tell you, leave that body now in Jesus' name. Chronic pain, we curse in Jesus' name. And that chronic pain is being eased in the name of Jesus now. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. He's a miracle worker. Do it, Lord Jesus. We trust you. Our faith is in you, God. Do it, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. I hear the Lord saying, don't grow weary in believing. Don't grow weary in standing in faith and believing. Don't grow weary. You're going to see your blessing. Don't grow weary. Strength, God. Send your strength into those weary bones. Send your strength into those weary minds. Thank you, Jesus. All things new. All things new. Jesus. If you'll keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here or you're watching never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to invite you to say this prayer after me. Would you say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but today I bring you my life. Take away my sin. Take away my shame. All those regrets. Today, Jesus, I'm following you. No turning back. I'm all yours forevermore. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you'll keep your head bowed just for one more moment. I keep hearing the Holy Spirit say this, and I'm not sure exactly who it's for, but I keep hearing the Holy Spirit say this, make it right. Make it right. I don't know who that's for, but the Holy Spirit is speaking, and he's saying, make it right right as far as it is in your power you live at peace with all men make it right as far as it is in your ability and as in your responsibility make it right forgive make it right in Jesus name
We hear you, Holy Spirit, and we obey. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning, my beautiful family? Listen, I love you from the bottom of my heart. And just one more time, and you know what? It might be such a thing right now that that neighbor's eardrum, eardrum is ringing because you've yelled at them a couple times today. I want you to yell at them one more time and say, it's a setup. It's a setup. Don't give up. You're going to see the miracle working power of God released in your life. Whatever that situation is, don't give up. I love you from the bottom of my heart. See you next week, family.